spring day the third day of spring is here so i know you're coming with some fresh content well i'm not it's not feeling very spring here in california it is gloomy and rainy i'm like what the fuck why is california broken i hate it because you moved there i know i fucked it up oh well well honey I monet doesn't like my... just monet doesn't just break pussies she breaks ecosystems oh <laughs> Um, so, uh, I saw, uh, Jinx Monsoon in Chicago last night. Aren't you jealous? Because you stupidly missed it. I know. How was it? It was great. It's a great show. Um, Jinx was great. Uh, she, Mm. you know, she sings well. I, I, I've seen her perform, uh, different songs from Chicago over the years in her one woman shows. And I mean, Mm -hmm. she's just, she's a great singer. She's a belter. And so she was right at home with all of the other belters. I'm going to say that everybody in it was good. Um, And and there, and there were, there were some that were great, including um, the Roxy Hart and what is the Velma? The one that plays mm-hmm. Velma. The Velma one, I don't remember her name, but she's a Mexican TV star who comes to do Broadway oh. every once in a while. And she was, she and Roxy, I don't know their names, but the actresses' names, but they were wonderful. Jinx was wonderful and lovely. Like you, she got the biggest applause when she walked out. So clearly, a lot of people had come to see yeah. her. Now, this is the. There's another drag character in there that kind of mm-hmm. like you're not really supposed to know which one yeah, it is. Mary but, Sunshine. But, yeah, little Mary Sunshine. She was fantastic. Uh, and um, the only thing that I didn't like about the show, because it's splashy with dancing and I like all that. Um, the only, well, there's two things I didn't like about it. One was <laughs> um, this is a revival that they started in the 90s. And so yeah. everything is black clothing they're not wearing any period pieces they're wearing like mm-hmm. jazzer size uh outfits yeah. and um i think that really it it doesn't uh it doesn't work well for me and i know that bob fossey thing is the classic like black jacket and tights you know that mm-hmm. that look for like a woman to wear a black jacket that's really short and tights and then you can see their legs dancing and whatever but um, you know, Liza wore that, Judy Garland wore that before Bob Fosse. 
So it's it's the 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 set like the set is the band. You right. see the band, and the band is magnificent. There's nothing I love more than live horns. And uh, so uh, I just don't like the, I don't like everyone dressed in black. I thought that was kind of like, okay. a, I, I didn't like it before, when, when I saw the promos for the 90s run. And you, you know, it's a very well-known, famous musical, so most people know the story, but I, you get wrapped up in the flash and the p pizzazz and the dancing and the, you know, mm -hmm. because there's really not much production value other than a big gold curtain coming down at the end. So right. um, it's kind of hard for you to care about the characters because they're constantly wowing you with the musical, with the singing, the dancing, you know, so the story gets a little lost. Okay. okay. You know, like at one point they called Jinx Diesel and I hope that they included that line in the movie when Queen Latifah was playing the role. <laughs> <laughs> Bunny, hello, you cannot. Fresh. You, you, you cannot. Oh, hello, fresh. You, you cook your own food? I do cook my own food, but I don't love Hello, fresh. I had a free offer, so I tried it because I was going to be at home most of the of March. But by the time you unwrap all of those bags, everything is like wrapped up in a little bag. So it's so wasteful. I mean, you know, it, like everything in the box is wrapped up in its own bag, like its own paper bag. It's like there's, there, I don't, I don't understand the point of that. And and I mean, but you know, even I though mean, Buddy doesn't like it, we we love when HelloFresh sponsors the podcast. Though I mean, we I I love all the paper bags that we get. They're I think they're very fierce. Well, the food is good, and um, <laughs> you know, it's it, if people don't really know how to cook, I just I I mean, I just feel silly opening a single service. Uh, in packet of cumin, <laughs> when I have a whole bottle of cumin, it just seems well, weird. But but it's it's say, I was gonna say it, it's it's like that because sometimes you need just like somewhere like you need like a tarragon leaf, and then instead of going to buy a batch of it for like five bucks, you get it individually wrapped for you to use in that one recipe. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's it's good food, but I kind of took the food and didn't really make the recipes that they I made. I, I made anyway. Um, it was free, yeah. so um, yeah. I enjoyed it. And this has been an eventful week in New York. Around the corner from uh -oh. my apartment is the Gay mm -hmm. Center, and there were Proud Boys. In case people don't know what the Proud Boys are. They're a, a kind of a right wing group, which is, mm -hmm. you know, associated with Donald Trump and uh, comprised you know, of people like Trixie Mattel, Katia, Brooklyn Heights. They're all Proud Boys. Well, I don't know. I don't know. They're not boys and they're not. I don't know why they would be proud. But um, <laughs> if you say so anyway, so they came to protest a drag queen story hour at the Gay Center and there were counter protesters and um one of them um I, I guess his there was a scuffle and one of the proud boys got his face bloodied and there's video of him walking away from the protest saying i came here to help people i didn't know they were gonna uh i was gonna get hurt so it was like it, it was you know it's been all over the news and you know stuff like that and actually just by one night i missed jinx no i went to jinx on the kids night <laughs> 
Oh, really? So, Dragon Kids is everywhere, and uh, these. So we 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 are going to bring on a very special guest to talk about all of that and how these anti-drag and anti-trans bills could act, which are being, I think there's 400 of them that, you know, conservatives, Republicans are trying to pass, especially in blue states. And um, our guest also has a few shows coming up that you want to check out. She is known as the punk rock Dolly Parton. She spent her adult mm. young life as a gypsy residing, residing all over the U.S., observing the human condition, suffering from severe anxiety and PTSD. Her odd sense of humor is the only thing that saved her from extinction. Extinction, Always being the outsider and never really wanting to fit in, she was amazed, perplexed, and maybe a tad delighted when she landed in L.A., um, her mother calls her a freak magnet, and mom always knows best. Um, <laughs> her short film, Catastrophe Anthem, was winner of the Silk Road at Cannes, as well as official selections of Slam Dance and LAIFF. Her comedy special, Tuesday's Trash, is available on Amazon Prime and a documentary on her life. The Trash Goes Out on Tuesday will be out this fall. Please welcome Tuesday Thomas. <laughs> Hi, Hi, darling. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a, a pleasure to meet you, Monet. I'm a big fan of yours. Don't it's a lie. pleasure to meet you. And as far as Before... Bunny goes, I, as far as Bunny goes, I'm aware of her. <laughs> Before Bunny came on with her nasty attitude, Tuesday, I, I open, I open up our our our, ch our meeting here to to chat, and I was just taken back by your stunning beauty. You're so pretty. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I appreciate you're that. Very Coming, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm old. I don't look at like Bunny does, but you know that's really appreciated. <laughs> Wait, it, it, did you use the word? Monet, Monet is suffering from temporary blindness. If she thinks okay. you look, if she thinks don't she, take it. If she thinks you look good, honey, she's suffering from temporary blindness. But um, you, uh, you're also known as the TikTok Tran Ma. Yeah, and I'm you a... are a graduate <laughs> of of uh, the Groundlings, I.O., Second City, and UCB, which are all known, you know, comedy things. And uh, so, welcome Tuesday. How you Thank doing? You. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm with Monet. I don't pay LA prices to deal with this uh, Seattle weather. I just don't. Understand oh, you're here. You're happening. here in LA. I am. I am. I uh... just don't get what's going on. I. I just want to, I just want to, I don't know. I just want to end it all because this is too much, you know? <laughs> I mean, I I, you, I just want to scream out the way, like, much like Bunny, I want to yell at the rain, just stop already. I just don't want it anymore. Wait, yeah, I thought you were a comedian. I well, thought you were a comedian. Yeah, and I thought you were an entertainer, so we all never get it right. <laughs> <laughs> we all make mistakes, my dear. <laughs> well, in addition to the weather, uh, what is going on? you got a show coming up in New York. Yeah, at the Broadway Comedy Club. I think that's the 27th. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. I have the 7th and 8th. I'm playing the Drew Barrymore part in a parody musical of Scream. So I get killed Word. first. Good. Um, that's I'd, like, the... I'd like to play the killer in real well, life. You You've got that face. Uh, 
you could do that. I'm sure. <laughs> so, the broad water here in LA on the 7th and 8th of April. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I also run a 501c3 here in LA called uh, uh, for LGBTQIA youth where we do comedy. It's called Comedy Church. It's not, I got the US government to recognize laughter as a religion. So I'm not worshiping God, I'm worshiping laughter. So <laughs> we do that here in LA every Friday night. Okay, so you Word. have a, 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 a Drew Barrymore impersonation coming up, a show in L.A., and you're also grooming kids at some kind of church. No, I don't. I give the money to the kids. <laughs> they don't come to the church, okay? The church, it's all strictly for adults to come, LGBTQIA and BIPOC comedians. Uh, and uh, we raise money for the kids. So I just give the, give, I give the kids candy later on, basically. Okay. We so, love that. That's not that's not really grooming. <laughs> no, it's diabetes. <laughs> getting them into my van. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tuesday, we've you and I have kind of like crossed paths. You're originally from upstate New York, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, spent a lot so of time. You, in oh, where where upstate? Uh, Rochester. Rochester. Okay. Yeah, so, do you know a lot all of time the in New York City, and then? Um, San Francisco, San Francisco, LA. Oh yeah. Do you know the Darien Lakes and Aggie Dunes and Mrs. Kasha Davises? Yes. So, so you you don't like them? But you I didn't say them. that. I said I know them. Bunnies always trying to start drama. <laughs> yeah. I know how I know how toxic the, our RuPaul's Drag Race fandom is, and I am just going to stick to one word answers sometimes. <laughs> Well, so, they're not so very... we'll come, come, coming up in that in that circuit. Did you? Because I mean, I, I guess I didn't realize how, how a lot of those Rochester girls and girls up there—they're very fucking funny. Darian Lake, I've toured with Darian Lake doing um, roast with her and other comedy tours. Darian Lake is such a funny fucking bitch. So there must be something in the water up there. And um, also uh, from season two uh, 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 with the. Um, Blonde hair. You oh can't God. even well, remember her name. <laughs> no, but she was she was just on all. I was just literally just Pandora Box. Jesus God. Yeah, um, Pandora Box is um also very funny. So there is something in the water there, and the Rochester girls making y'all uh, uh some funny bitches. Yeah, Darian Lake came up to me as I was performing in a bar uh, and said, "I want to do what you do. What should I do?" And I said, "You should either do it or don't, because I think you should do it because you're either gonna want to always do it forever, you're gonna get it out of your system, and so just give it a try." And that's how that began. And uh, Pandora, I remember giving her, uh, you know, one of her first uh, gigs at a bar that I did shows at up there too, where she was a fountain. Uh, it was a, a parody pageant. She came out as a mall water fountain and spit water all over. And right then and there, I'm like, oh, this bitch won. This is great. <laughs> well, at, no, least, I... at least she won something. Oh, my God. Yep, well, okay. I have a question. So you did So you, you, did, you, did, you did UCB and all of these, like, iconic fucking um, improv uh, um, um, houses. How how was that? And did, did you... Did you go? Did you go to school for improv or acting or what is your? How did you arrive at that? Uh, I just. It's hard to say, you know, because there's a, a, a huge portion of my life where I, you know, went the stealth path and path and was married, and the man turned out to be a psychopath. So about twelve uh, years of my life, I was stalked and had to move from city to city to city to city to escape. So, so when, so when you. 
When you say the stealth life, you mean that you transitioned and that you were, you know, like not like an out trans person, correct? Right, right. Okay. okay. Which has got its huge issues too. Everybody's like, if you're, if you don't pass, it's really difficult. Well, you have to worry if you're stealth about somebody from your past finding out and turning you in or somebody figuring right. it out or something because you can get fired from a job. You can get attacked even just as brutally. So there's bad things on both sides of that. Of well, you know, gotcha. you know there was a a, a a trans performer who did drag at the drag clubs in uh, Atlanta when I lived there in the 80s. And, you know, she was one of the most popular and one of the most glamorous and also a great performer. So I saw her many years later, decades later, riding a bicycle. And um, I, I was transported back to... Me being a twink, don't laugh, me being a twink in the 80s and loving her, and so I blurted out her her stage name, and she just ignored me. And, um, of course, she didn't know who I was because I wasn't in drag, but then I started DJing at an agency um, where she worked also for their Christmas parties, and it literally took three years of, like, barely a, a wink and acknowledgement for her to be comfortable with speaking with me. And I didn't mind that because she changed. She transitioned. You don't know. You don't know who's going to do what. You know, because people, there are people uh, that are uh, gay men, and some do drag and some that don't, that will use that as currency against you as a power trip and be like, I know what you are. And if you don't right. amuse me or do my bidding or whatever, I'm not talking about asking for money for blackmail, but just, just a power trip over you. Like, I can tell the world. I, I want to make sure that we know what people are talking about here, because sometimes I think that there may be an element of jealousy in this. When you say use info, you mean as, as currency, you mean a gay man or someone who is drag or knows your past using that against you when you are at a job where you want everyone to just think of you as what you transitioned to. Yeah, because they want woman. to feel special. They want to feel special. They want they want to be, you know, they know a secret. Mm -hmm. They want to have the power over you to like you you act accordingly and don't don't give me my my dues, if you will, whether it's well, just mm -hmm. attention or whatever they want, you know. It's, what, it's yeah. there's a there's a, a model who was um a, a black trans model named Tracy Africa yeah and um, she was on a like a hair coloring uh commercial and her story is that she was modeling in Paris modeling in New York and some gay guy spilled the beans so whether you know and then I have a stewardess friend who is trans and and she said that um you know in that she was she was totally passing and in that environment you know it was it was a gay flight attendant that ratted her out yeah. and even oh, really? even one that even one that did drag so it was almost like a little bit jealous that the trans had gone for it oh yeah that that <laughs> happened to me many times that happened to me you know with some people up in rochester that happened to me in other cities i lived in you know um because mm -hmm. I don't, it's it's just, you know, we're the last ones that it's okay to be prejudiced against, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why they feel the need to do it and why everybody can't live their own lives. But it happens. Right. And it happens quite often. And gay men will, will tell a friend, he'll tell a friend, he'll tell a friend, he'll tell a friend. And then all of a sudden, one day, 
I got a pickup truck with a gun wrap screeching to a halt in front of me. And Cletus comes out and it's like, I'm going to fuck that thing. What is it? I don't know what it is, Earl. Oh I don't God. know, but it's pissing me off. It looks like a woman, but I think it's got a dick. I'm going to fuck it and kill it. You know, I mean, that's just Jesus. the reality. Okay, yeah, that accent yeah. that you just did is making me want to fuck you. I, yeah, I, mean, I knew I, that would get you going, bunny. <laughs> you sound like funny, one of my funny, relatives. It, it sounds like how Bunny picked me up to do this podcast. Right. Well, right, come on over here before I stick it in you. Literally. I'm going to talk shit. Literally. <laughs> I am always cur curious because I like to do comedic numbers. And, of course, I talk shit with the audience and have my patter. But stand-up is so hard ha, what was your first gig like monet recently did her stand-up uh you know thing and it went well but it's it, it it's its own animal it has you know you have to really like learn it um it's not just getting up there oh you know my friends tell me i'm funny i'm gonna get in front of a microphone yeah. no there's a way to do it and i get kind of upset sometimes at some people who just are like oh my friends tell me i'm funny or you know i did told two jokes on RuPaul's Drag Race, so I'm going to go do a tour. You know, somebody yeah. like Monet, I yeah. see that she's been studying it. But there's others that just go out and do it, and they give stand-up a bad name. And it makes yeah. it hard for those of us who really work at it and study it and do it. And, yeah, it's it's not that easy to do. Well, I have well, my, my friend, I'm friends with Mateo Lane, who's a big stand-up um, comedian in New, in, in New York. And around, I mean, around the world, he's selling out everywhere. And, like, he is very traditional in stand-up. And he's like, like, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, like, you have to go to the comedy clubs every night and try to get a spot and try to get a spot and try to get a spot. He is very against, like, this, like, fast-track to stand-up because, like you, he's like, this is, like, an art form. This is something that people spend a lifetime trying to craft. And if you want to get into it, into it, like, you have to, like, pay your dues and do it that way. He's, he's one of those, like, traditional, like, pay your dues and work your ways to get into these rooms, not just be granted an automatic pass just because you were on TV. Yeah, and it's, it's true. I, I agree with that 100%. I'm not going to go and start a tour trying to do death drops and shit just because I fell down in my kitchen, you know? No, yeah. but at your age, you could drop dead while doing sound. I could do, I could do a literal death drop right in front of you at any second. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Bianca, uh, I saw her last show and, you know, she, it's, I, I, I'm not going to say that it's 100% scripted because when she interacts with the audience, it's not, but um, like she will always judge other comedians by how much, how good they are, not just reciting their material, um, you know, but uh, bullshitting with the audience too and quick comebacks, which are written on the spot. And I'll, I'll say that's, that's, I, I mean, I can develop lines that are funny and usually work. And sometimes I'll be, you know, on the money with the ad libs and stuff, but it's mm -hmm. well, the art form is about the, you know, riffing with the audience. I, to me, the art form is not just it, not all of those quick comebacks are on the spot. It's not. There are True. comebacks that have been written out. And also, yeah. if you're good at stand up, you know how to talk to your audience and move that and utilize some of your scripted material in the riffing with the audience and move your 
uh, riffing with the audience to a point into your act where you want to do more. You know how to move that. That's part of the art. It's not just saying, hey, where are you from? It's being able to say, hey, where are you from? To what you do? To this is a bit of mine. Okay. This is attacking you, you know, reading you, whatever you want to call it, you know, in a funny mm -hmm. way, but it's still a bit of mine. And then I'm going to move over into my scripted bit, get back on stage and talk to the whole crowd yeah. with my scripted bit. It's not because you can't do that off the top of your head. You have to learn how to right. do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, Lisa Lampanelli seemed good at at doing that. But I, I guess maybe listening to you just now, sometimes she's, as I will also do, and I guess Bianca does, I will look for a certain type in the audience. And if there's not that type there, I can't do that little bit. Right. You can't do that little bit, but you can do another one when you see somebody else or when somebody says something, if you choose to ignore them, you can ignore them. Or you can be like, oh, this is a great spot for me to use this. Yeah. At least Lapinelli just got to a point where she just couldn't handle anybody. She just hated everybody and started just I screaming know. at people. I did so, I so know. disappointed. There was this there's, there's this viral clip from a few years ago of her just, I mean, I forget where it is, but she is just going, I mean, just going off on this audience. And like, it's, it, it wasn't very funny. And she was clearly having like a moment. But also, she's been doing it for so long. And then people, it, so I, 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 I don't know. But it was, it was, it was, it was tough to watch. And I love Lisa Lampanelli. I love how I much did. of a shock comedian she was and how she would just say the craziest shit. But yeah, it got, it got, it got but a little tough also, there. I think she crossed a line too from shock comedian because it's all right to be a shock comedian, but there's a fine line. You're saying this to shock, but you're still saying it because you love these people. It almost turned to look like, and it appeared, and I don't know if it was true or not whether she felt this way because i'm not her but it appeared mm -hmm. to the general public that she had crossed the line from shock into genuine genuine hate and yeah. that's where she lost people because you can yeah. like i mean i hate to admit it and i'll probably you know sue you if this little if you don't edit out this next line but i like bunny <laughs> <laughs> you, like, no, I can, you like what i said i like bunny but i can pick on her you know come from love right Right. Well, also, Lisa became famous before the politically correct wave really kicked in. So she didn't fare well um, when when people did become more politically correct because she was antagonizing anyone in the audience who was fat, black, gay, you know, and I mean, that's frowned upon now. Well, but so Don Rickles did that and he still would be fine in the politically correct environment because he came from a place of love. And that's where I say that it appears that Lisa didn't always come from a place of love. And that's right. why she didn't have staying power. Not to say it didn't, it just appeared that way. Well, she lost yeah. weight. Fat bitches can't be jolly when they lose weight. Well, uh, then you better she keep She did lose weight, that's right. She lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it, it was like, where's, you know, we, we missed the old Lisa Lampanelli, but but um, yeah, I don't know. She was riding high for a while. Anyway, tell us about your comedy special on Amazon Prime, Tuesday's Trash. We did it um, on top of the bodega next to my apartment um, at three uh, 2.30 in the morning after they closed in the middle of the pandemic. Um uh, we filmed Sounds it Sounds great. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had people wear masks, but they weren't the, they weren't masks for your mouth. They were masks for the upper face, like those, you know, half animal masks. 
Oh, hot the furries. back wall was all white trash laundry, like big old drawers and dirty bras and stuff hanging like Bunny's bedroom. And um, <laughs> we just had a great time. And I did, you know, 50 minutes and uh, had a good crowd here. And I did it all of my time because, um, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of trans people who are entertainers who aren't had the advantage of being on RuPaul's Drag Race, so we have to mm -hmm. work really super fucking hard to get noticed. Yeah. Um, and if you're not like a trans drag entertainer, I don't know what other word to call it. Uh, uh, so you don't get seen that much. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's in now is they want those. And and they, sh I'm not saying they shouldn't get the attention they sh get because they should. It's about fucking time that they got their yeah. dues. And I'm very happy for it. You know, I've lived this life 40 years and nobody should have to go through what I went through. I'm not a hater. I'm not one of those who say I had to do this. So you have to do it because that's absolute bullshit. But also it's a reality that if you're not, that's where the trans is right now. You can't make, it's hard to make it big unless you're like on that show and they showcase you. Hopefully there'll be other areas that'll come up through and we'll get seen. Oh, yeah. So when you're doing stand up, like, you know, if, if I come out, I, I, I make, sometimes I make a joke about my own makeup, you know, just be, or, or if you're, if you're a disabled performer, you know, they might make a, a, a really great joke at the beginning to kind of set people at ease and say, you know, from the comedian's perspective, I know what you're looking at, like a fat comedian may do this or, you yeah. know, whatever. I know what you're all thinking. I'm disabled, I'm overweight, or I'm trans. How has how how the audience reacted to that when you do, because you do mostly straight clubs. Yeah, I mean, I when I started here in LA, I actually was doing the J-Spot, which is a, a black club, and they loved me over there. Oh, really? Be, oh, I would be the only black, or the only white girl coming out on the shows. Um, and I would walk out and I would just look at them and stare at them for a minute and I'd be like, what the hell is your problem? Y'all look like you just saw a ghost. <laughs> and they would dad and they would be like i don't care what comes out of this bitch's mouth now she's cool <laughs> and, and after they cut after you said you were a ghost then they ask you oh will you yo wait oh. monet loves it when i talk the black talk yo oh, black what, talk. what's up you want to be my, hey you want to be my boo ghost Get it? Yeah, I did. Boo. I got Get it. it. That's why Ghost? I'm not laughing, Boo. Bunny, because I got it. Oh, Bunny, okay. no, right. No matter how much black dick you take a swallow down your fucking throat, you could never have black talk, okay? Oh, my God. My my uh, my grandmother was um, African-American, and I don't even talk that way. Okay? My God, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I grew up with... Uh, black uh half mixed race aunts and uncles that were my age and younger so i was beating people up for calling my relatives the n-word at a very early age but i'm opalescent well, i'm opalescent what? you saw what i look like i'm fucking opalescent so i know i can't <laughs> yeah. get away with talking that way yeah well you know i speaking of, of black comedy in la i i've been to chocolate sundays a couple times at the laugh factory and when i tell you it is Every fucking time I go, it is the one of the funniest shows ever. And recently, when I was there, there was um, 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 a trans woman performing there, a black trans woman, and she was she had everyone in fucking stitches. And I'm like, this is what this is what like I want to see more of in comedy. You know, it was, it was great. 
Yeah, I mean, they love it when I start talking stuff because they're just their jaws drop. You know, I talk about I talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the second day after I got my change, you know, my surgery and how the doctor was changing my bandage and touching me down there. And all of a sudden I had an orgasm and I thought to myself, wow, this is great. It worked. I got my money's worth. But, you know, at the same time, <laughs> I, I envisioned that my first orgasm would be, you know, with some six foot five Jason Momoa looking motherfucker, you know, who whispers in my ear. Yeah, baby, we got you. Uh, there's more of this to come. Not some five foot one Thai man who goes, oh, I make you come. I make you come. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is not a podcast for racist stuff? <laughs> then why are you on it? Uh, th right. This is, this is a stop Asian hate. But speaking of Asian hate, you are also known as the TikTok Tranma. And I don't know what's going on with TikTok. The, grant, the, 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 the government wants to stop it. Isn't it owned by China? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know what the drama is. But tell us about your TikTok uh, Tranma account. And, and I did watch a few of the videos this morning. And, and, and you know, you are schooling people. But it, it, what, what is, is what it, what, how would you describe if someone wanted to check out your TikTok Tranma thing? What would they, what would they get? I mean, I throw some stupid videos in on there. But for the most part, they're just people who've asked me questions of what it was like, you know, for the last 40 years, what it was like 40 years ago as a trans woman. Because, I mean, I had people. I went to an LGBT center and like, like for instance, it was an LGB center because the T didn't get added until almost the year 2000. So let's be clear on our history. People are like trans mm -hmm. people, you know, no, it's just been the last 20 years that the T has been added to that. So I went years and I went to an LGB center trying to ask for help once. And I was looked at by the people said, we don't know what you are. You're in between. You're an it. We can't help you. You're not what we deserve. Hmm. You know, yeah. I was like the original TERFs. I mean, I remember a lesbian saying to me in a, as I was cocktailing in a bar saying to me, um, you know, you do realize that no matter how many surgeries you have, you'll never be a real woman. And I just looked at her and said, yeah, that might be true, but I'll be something you'll never be. And that's a lady. And I walked away. Ooh. <laughs> but that's been going on forever. And I'm try trying to tell people what it was like because I had to go through the Harry Benjamin standards of care, which is like, you know, you had to go two years before you get the hormones of presenting as a woman. You couldn't get a job presenting as a woman because nobody wanted to hire a freak. So you had to figure out a way to work to afford those uh, doctor's appointments to go and show them that you were presenting. Then after two years, you got the hormones. You had another year where you had to live with the hormones, see how it went take of like a 500 question test with a psychologist and you had to pay for mm -hmm. all these things, pay for the hormones, do all that in a environment where nobody would hire you because you looked weird. Right. And plus if you, a lot of people don't realize back then, if you were somebody who passed and they found out you weren't what you appeared to be, you were considered a liar. So how could they trust you around their cash register or their kids or their right, this or that because right. you were a fucking liar? Which which I meant that what it was like back then. I just answer their questions and let them know that, you know, we better be careful because we could go back to that day and age and we don't want to go back there because, like I said before, nobody should have to go through the shit I went through. Nobody. So, so you you mentioned the the Harry Benjamin protocol and I just want to make sure that people 
know what that is. What, what, when did that stop being the gold standard of how you were permitted to transition? Bunny, I really can't answer that. I'm not sure when did it stopped. I know that it was a big thing for a long time and it was a gatekeeping thing because if you said you were born, if you were assigned male at birth and wanted to transition and you were attracted to women, you could not get hormones. You could, they would not, did not want you to transition because they said, what's the point? The point of transitioning was that you are a gay man and you were attracted to men. And so then you would be a woman who's attracted to men. So you'd fit the heteronormative world. And, it just and then, and then once you were a woman, the gay man wouldn't want to fuck you because you're a woman and they like men. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it just so happened. I fell into that heteronormative thing because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a woman because I, I was attracted to men. I liked having sex with men, but I just didn't like having sex with man, men as a man. Right. So, I so, so you, so you weren't a gay man. No. You were a trans woman. Right. Um, right. Now, part of the Harry Benjamin protocol, and I've been told this by a few older trans friends, I don't know how much it was uh, enforced, but at one point, and I, like, I don't know how much it was enforced, part of the protocol was not only living for a year as on, on hormones then and and that's if you could get them living as a woman on you know maybe you got them on the black market yes um then then after that year you could get them legally from a doctor and you also had to see a psychotherapist and um a, a doctor regularly to check on the hormones and whatnot but one part of the harry benjamin protocol I believe this is a trans woman my age. She said that at one point you had to, if you were a, a, a man who wanted to transition to a woman, before they would let you go through with the surgery, they would make you fuck a try to fuck a woman. And I'm like, oh my God. Wait, what? Mama. Yes, because it was like you know we're not going to cut it off if it you know if it if it could go. You really in, wanted you know, to into... make sure you weren't attracted to women. Now I never had anybody to tell me that I had to fuck a woman, but it was explicitly stated many 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 times and delved into, and I was questioned whether or not I was attracted to women. So they right. really wanted to make sure that you weren't. Uh, attracted to women because there would be absolutely no point in making a transition because this is a, a male world. Why, why would, why would we, you know, cut the penis off a man who already wanted to fuck women? That's just ridiculous. I, I but, but some trans people do transition and then become, you know, lesbians and maybe they were less yeah. gay and less attracted to, to men. I don't want to even use, use the term less gay, but maybe you know, maybe they were heterosexual men who still wanted to transition. Yeah. I know a lot of trans people that I know who, like most trans women, are attracted to straight men um, that don't quite understand that. But I mean, it is valid. I mean, we, we can't we can't say we support transitions and then say, oh, not if you want to get with a girl. Well, yeah, because it's ridiculous because it's a completely different thing. What you're attracted to is an A and this is an A as well, but it's a different thing. You know, it's not. Yeah. Right. So so now we've had this huge trans explosion in the past, mm -hmm. what, 10 years you know, I mean, I would say it coincided. Yeah, let me stop you there. It's, let me stop you there. There's a couple things that I have, pro I find problematic with the way you're, you're saying that. And I know what you mean. There's not really a trans explosion. We've been around forever. The problem was people who started in my uh, era died young. 
we were supposed to live only till 35. And because mm -hmm. there were, I know had friends who died because they had appendicitis and no doctor would touch them. I had doctors who wouldn't touch me when I had, you know, wanted to get a flu shot or something. We were mm -hmm. cast aside, we were freaks. We lost so many in the AIDS um, epidemic. And then just through violence and having to do people who did sex work that didn't really want to do sex work or that did sex work that wanted to, that were killed because um, mm -hmm. of the trans panic defense. So there's not been an explosion of trans people. Two things have happened. Trans people are living longer. And the second thing is, is we have TikTok and Facebook and we're a society where we have instantaneous news. So the idea of trans people and the idea of anybody, wars, pestilence, pandemics, whatever, hits you immediately and you see more of it covered. Nobody covered us. You know, the Nazis burned down the Hirschfeld Library before they attacked the Jews to try to eradicate transgenderism. Mm. And they were successful. So it was hidden for a long time. And they did not, nobody wanted to document us. Nobody wanted to write about us for years and years and years. So it's not like there's been an explosion of us. It's just that we have been, you know, that's happened. That's all. Well, tell me a little bit more about the Hirschfeld. That was a... a, a trans it was, research Berlin was like the epicenter of the LGBTQIA center back in you know pre-war Germany and Hirschfeld was uh, a Jewish man who started uh, writing papers and collecting all the history of the gay and lesbian and trans people and documenting wow. it and he had a huge library that people were like oh trans is okay gays okay all this stuff and the Nazis decided it wasn't and they burnt that library down and that was worldwide research in one place that was destroyed by Nazi Germany now really so no, obviously I, sorry go, go ahead I mean to cut you off no no go ahead dear no, I was going to say, I've, I've heard of Herschel before. I did not know of the Herschel Library, though, and all of the contents thereof. That's I, 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 had never, I had never knew that place existed, and it was uh, burned down by the Nazis. That is news to me. Wow. Nazis blamed Jewish people for transgenderism because of Herschfeld and the library. So they destroyed the library, and they did another horror on the Jews of transgenderism. That's why you hear some of the proud boys and the we will not be replaced statements come from that where they want to, they say we will not be replaced because Jews are trying to replace men with women. It's one oh. of the things they're talking about. And they blame the Jews for transgenderism. So that was the start of the Holocaust, the genocide of the trans people, then the Jews, and then they lumped the uh, gays and lesbians in with that. And the Roma. Yeah, and the Roma and all the others that they started along the line, but it started by destroying all evidence that transgendered people existed. Well, um, so you corrected me on on the trans explosion, and I didn't necessarily mean that there were so many more. I meant that there was a liberal move uh, in many directions to include trans people like Candace Kane, like Laverne Cox, like Janet Mock, like Pose, like Transparent, to 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 have them represented in a more positive way, which Hollywood didn't get right. You know, sometimes using Felicity Huffman as a trans woman rather than oh, a, as a, uh, a trans thing. Uh, uh, the guy, in, um, the girl with the pearl, air, um, the the Danish girl, Eddie Redmayne played it fully oh, yeah. played but a trans woman. That's just so crazy. 
look at all the, the look at all the uh, uh, sitcoms in the '90s. How they anytime yeah, they had Martin, Jamie Fox. Like, but but not just that. Just how they would use transgender. They would make jokes about like that girl you went out with last night had an Adam's apple. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Oh my God, I'm gonna puke now. That's yeah, was the butt of the yeah. joke. I had to hear that watching television through the '90s that I was disgusting, and I wasn't deserving of love, and that people who were attracted to me were sick, and that if somebody was attracted to me, they're probably going to puke afterwards, you know? <laughs> like... Which a lot of this is outlined in um in uh, that in the Disclosure documentary on Netflix. If, 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 if you are listening, you have not checked it out, you should really watch it. It's very insightful. Yeah. And, and you see how how we have been programmed to to really to really reject transgender people and to really treat them as ninth class citizens by what we consumed on TV, especially throughout the 90s and before. Mm-hmm. And now to still honestly right so anyway there's been a push to accept trans people some of it has been um within the lgbtqi whatever the lmnop uh movement to um you know to to respect trans people as they had not been respected before to um to also center trans people as people who who were you know like Marsha P Johnson and Sylvia Re- Rivera uh, responsible for the beginnings of the gay rights, but then started to get the short end of the stick as the gay movement rose, and they were put on the back burner. That's now, trans, and I want you to tell me a little bit about gender. I mean, at, at the same time, you know, trans is a very small. Uh, portion of the population and um you know i mean you you but but maybe this is their time because they've they've fed uh you know this this it's been happening in hollywood where we see you know laverne cox on major you know tv shows being interviewed Mm -hmm. being accepted winning awards all this kind of stuff but here's the difference to me that's on tv now drag and trans, and there's a big difference between the two, and I'm not trying to equate them, are in people's lives. And the and the the so there's a there's so now it's not something that's just on TV. It's someone who is trans who may be competing on a sports team in school against women who are half her size. And you know, I'm sure you followed the case with Leah Thomas. Um, okay, who, then you said it right there. The case. The well, case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the case of one person that was reiterated over and over and over and over again until straight people decided they were tired of this news story. And it was one news story. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, look at this. I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't care. I don't think trans people should because of that one news story. That's right there is in what they use in the 10 steps to genocide is they they make us villains and they take one news story over and over and over again name another trans athlete that went and on and on and on and on recently who was trying to compete that you heard the news story about you can't because it was always about the swimmer leah Always. Yeah, but I don't think that yeah. they did just get tired of one swimmer. I think that this was a much bigger person Name than th- one. 
Huh? Name another no, one. No, no, no. I, but listen, we're we're now moving out of Laverne Cox is in this movie or TV show into a place where it's translating into laws. And you know, while I don't know other trans athletes, they are tinkering with the laws, people who are pro-trans and people who are against trans, tinkering with the laws. Now, my understanding is that Leah was on a the correct dose of hormones for her to be classified in the sports world as a female competitor. And after you're on hormones for so long, you lose muscle mass, your muscles change, you become more female-like. And then you don't, and her hormone levels and her muscle mass was right in the range of what other females, and also she had lost to other females. I was about to say, yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Leah was swimming with, with females and she was like fucking like dusting them and leaving them. Like she was, she lost a lot of her meats to yeah. these to to other to other female uh, female performers so it's not like leah was out here and she was like fucking doing 20 laps to the two laps like it was it was a fair competition yeah it was extremely fair but they're taking that point of her winning a couple that it's not fair they're doing this and they're changing the narrative and they're reiterating these stories over and over and over again and pushing it down the uneducated about trans people, white middle America's throat until they're tired of hearing about it and they start mm -hmm. believing it because they hear it over and over again or they're just tired of hearing about it and so they tend to agree. And that's what they're doing. It's like the law in Georgia stating we can't um, have uh, trans uh, gender affirming surgeries for youth. Okay, first of all, they never did have it. No youth is getting these surgeries. They're getting puberty blockers. So you don't have to worry about it because they're not giving them. So you don't need a fucking law about giving you surgery. Second of all, there's not even one doctor in the state of Georgia that does transgendered surgeries. Any transgendered person has to go out of the state to get their gender surgeries. They can get hormones in Georgia, but there's not a doctor like in LA. There's doctors who do SRS. There's not one in Georgia who does it. So why did they need a law for that? No, they're saying they need a law to scare the fuck out of people and to demonize us. And that's the trick on the steps to genocide is they're demonizing us and making people believe these things are happening that aren't. And people are falling for it. Well, I mean, listen, the Republicans have this. When you told me that, uh, it reminded me of Kansas, which is a red state, which several years ago, and I think several other red states have done this since, their state legislature passed a law that said Sharia law will never be the law of Kansas. And I was like, who said it was? So, you right. know, I mean, who, what, what's the threat? You think Muslim army is coming to Kansas? It's you know, we're, we're not in Kansas it's anymore. You know? It's all in the name. There's no difference between Sharia law and uh, extreme right wing. What they're trying to do now, it's just in a different name. And the only difference is, is Sharia law, they wear robes, and the right wing Pence Republicans who are trying to pass these laws wear Brooks Brothers suits. Only there's that's the only difference. Yeah, I mean, it also reminded me of something else I've seen that the Republicans are trying, which is to, or they did, at least in I think Florida, 
in a textbook about Rosa Parks, they didn't mention that she was black. So it was just a story about a strong blank woman. I'm like, like, no, she stood up to racism. That's the whole point. It's cracks me up. My God. But so, so, but there, there are, so I want to push back a little bit on the Leah Thomas thing because yes, okay. I know the Republicans will 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 bring up these things and twist the fact from Sharia law or to you know to not tell Rosa Parks history right. But when you say gender affirming care um, for for minors, do they have any legitimate worries? No, because nobody's got, all they're giving these kids, they're not giving them hormones, they're giving them puberty blockers. And puberty blockers have, uh, uh, they just stop your puberty. They delay puberty. They don't stop it completely. They just delay it. And so you can go off them and no side, they're scientific proof. There's no side effects to that. So they just delay their puberty till they get into the preteen years where they can make a decision whether they want to go on or not. That's all they're doing. Yes. And I spoke last night with um, maybe a girl. Do you know maybe? She's yeah. from L.A. She's running for Congress and mm-hmm. uh, on a progressive platform. She's a friend of the show. And she told me that while the Republicans are making these things out to be puberty blockers out to be these horrible things, that they're actually used with straight kids if there's a danger it's called there's something called precocious puberty where they're going through puberty too quickly um and Mm. they're not trans or anything but they want they use the puberty blockers to slow things down yeah and that's the same thing they're given to i think i'm going through that right now yeah you're going through precocious puberty i am girl uh, I think it's late. <laughs> I don't think it's puberty. I don't think it's precocious. I think it's late stage menopause, baby. <laughs> well, honey, uh, uh, honey, we're, uh, me and Tranmar are both entering our second childhood, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting back into the diapers. No, don't, don't use the words entering a child about me, okay? Please. <laughs> yeah, buddy, and, keep your fucking kinks to yourself, okay? Right, Tuesday, Tuesday came to my show in LA and brought me some depends, the bitch. <laughs> yeah. And too. You forgot about the insurer. That's right. There are some gray areas. There are there are Democrats and people who are on the left who are totally fine with people transitioning and living their lives. Um, but they're not so sure about the grayer areas like trans competing in sports, like trans uh, bathrooms and other, you know, things. So, I mean, it, it's I, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and of course I was in a place that was, you know, fairly you know, liberal, or I was performing, who knows, maybe they have Leonard Skinner performing there on other nights, I don't know. But they had a, a, an all-gender bathroom, and I was like, that's the answer. It was the answer all along. Yeah. Because you just have a bathroom with a single occupancy, and one person goes in there, and if you want to, if, you, if you're old, Tuesday, and you need to lower <laughs> yourself down onto the uh, pooper, then you there's a rail. If I you want to change, I just your, my pants. 
you, you just sh- shit your pants? This is a lot easier. Um, now I'm uh, hot. Bunny's, bunny's, uh, bunny's, bunny's now masturbating. Be careful. And there's a and, and there's a baby changing station in the bathroom, and it, it doesn't matter what you do in he there. Goes with the kids again. Um, you you know you 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 the door is closed. You go in there, well, you do your business, and you get the who, fuck out. You know, and these morons are going on and on about um about hey, it's a all gender bathrooms i can't have them there's no need for them we need a men's room and a women's room what the hell do you have in your house dude when you have people over do you have two restrooms <laughs> exactly very good you know, point what the hell do you have in your own house do you have i just don't yeah. understand their line of thinking yeah yeah well i have two Restroom. Well, I mean, I have a one bathroom with a hole cut in the wall. So well, I, I was going to say, you just have your front door has a glory hole. That's not a bathroom. <laughs> no, my back door has a glory hole too. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the, there's 400 anti-trans bills happening. And you were telling me about how some of the drag bills um, can be used against trans people too. And that perhaps... Um, and, and I've seen other trans activists um, discuss this, that uh, that this that the impact is 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 really high on the trans community because of how the laws can be yeah, interpreted. Yeah. Well, these anti-drag bills are affecting drag queens, yes. But here's the thing: drag queens, as you know, Monet, you know that it's a pain in the ass to like get ready at the gig, and you'd rather do it at home, take your time, and go mm-hmm. do the gig. This is going to outlaw that. Where if you're seen in public, then you're going to get a ticket for a misdemeanor the second time it's a felony. Okay, felons can't vote, and then repeat felons go to jail. But just think about a trans person who's assigned the opposite gender at birth; they can't mm-hmm. do this. They are going to the 7-Eleven, going to the grocery store, you know, going to the DMV. They can get ticketed, and if they are ticketed more than once, it's a felony, and in more than one felon, felony, you go to jail. This is what and it's designed for. The other thing is— What would they oh, be ticketed for? Their appearance? Their dress? They're, they being are a, being not, as, they're presenting yeah. a gender that they were not born as, and that's what is adult. They're putting it under adult entertainment. You can't be out in public. It, the guys, it's just like the old days, you know, before Stonewall. Why Stonewall was the bricks were thrown because you, ha- if you were arrested, if you were presenting differently. We had Jane County on the show early. I mean, oh on, God, on the podcast yeah. early, early on, and she was telling us. I mean, she's she's. Um, even older than us Tuesday, she was telling me that in uh, Atlanta and even in New York, there was a time, and I'm guessing this is late 60s, early 70s, when you had a trans person had to, or a drag queen, had to wear three items of yeah. men's clothing. So you could be in mm-hmm. drag with a wig, which had to have men's like socks on or men's underwear. Underwear, underwear yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to do things. And this is what this bill is stating. It doesn't even let you do that. It says you're presenting. So trans people can go to jail for being a felons. Okay. And, 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 and so my point is, is that drag queens are all up in arms over this going, it's drag art, drag is art, drag is art, don't punish art, which is true. And I agree with that. Other, the, the more important thing is, is um, they're not looking at the trans side of it. And I'm so tired of seeing these memes who are showing that, you know, like the clan in robes, that's drag, you know. Nobody's stopping to show why this is art, 
how it's going to affect trans people. Nobody's having an argument that really centers itself on how this bill is genocidal and trying to erase people. And I think that's what needs to be done because I, I just get the feeling that all these memes that are going around and all these arguments I see right now are more of uh, I'm rubber, you're glue, what, you know, you say bounces off me and sticks to you type childish arguments. We need to really show them the humanity of these people that you're trying to genocide and it's not happening. And I get up. Well, how do we do that? Well, you show them yourself. You go in and you talk about how to drag is art and what it does and how it's not going to just affect you and how it's going to affect other people and how going to jail is ridiculous and showing them talking about, you know, how this used to be back in the Stonewall days and how we regressed and we're going back to those days. And you're, it's not just about you being able to put on makeup at your house to drive to the gig, but it goes a lot fucking farther. Yeah. 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 So are, are there any organizations that you would recommend for people to check out, uh, you know, our, our listeners, if they want to know more about the trans aspect of these? I mean, they're anti-trans and anti-drag laws. And there's, like I say, Republicans are, are doing 400 or more of them. And maybe a girl used the same word, you know, genocide. So yeah. it, it is a strong word. It's apropos. Um, you need to go. Everybody needs to go, and they need to read the ten steps, ten stages of genocide. And you'll see we're on four and five now for the trans community, and it's real. Uh, everybody's like, "Oh, you know." Here's the thing: people go and they say things like, "Oh no, they're not putting trans people on on trains to go to death camps. You can't use the word genocide." I'm like, "Do you think that's how that started?" No. It did not start that way. World War yeah. One started with the shooting of Archduke Ferdinand. Um, and then months and months and months and months later, it went into World War One. Things don't start at the worst yeah. point. They start well yeah. before. And if you aren't smart enough to go and research or want to stay in your bubble or want to ignore it, you're going to be on a fucking train. That's just the reality yeah. of it. And you need to yeah. research this to see where we're at. And you need to get out and you need to fight these laws. And we're at a point now, in my opinion, where keyboard warrior is not enough. You got to get out there and you got to throw bricks. You got to do it. Yeah, I, I, I nominate Bunny as the first brick I'm going to throw. Oh, she. Oh, my God. You can't pick me up. Oh, my God. Oh, Monet, she... can you get can you get a few people? I'll help you lift her. But, you know, it's going to take a few of us. <laughs> Lady Bunny will be our Trojan horse. I'll ride her in. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. But you just—that's what I think you need to do. I really do because I've been through it before. I—I, you know, back in the early days, I had tomatoes thrown at me at gay pride parades for being in them in drag, and um, yeah, I've been through a lot of this shit already, and it's coming back, and we need to do something. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I just I. I... <laughs> I want to know what to do that's going to be effective. Like they're having a benefit on, oh, it was yesterday, March 21st, at um, in, in, in Brooklyn to raise money for the ACLU. Obviously, that will go to lawyers, which will help, you know, fight this because some of these are legal challenges as well, um, which have to do with, uh, you know, uh, you're, we're protected by certain things by the First Amendment. In the, the, with the Tennessee law, when where people are afraid 
Uh, it can be interpreted to harass people on the street or jail them. Um, you know, they're also saying that this violates the First Amendment. So if there was a case like that, the ACLU would sweep in, presumably represent them free, pro bono, and, um, you know, they could use money. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, the benefits are good. Benefits are good, but also being on the ground and showing up and protesting and holding the signs. And, and I don't care if you're in L.A. where, you know, I mean, people are like, you're in L.A., it's safe. I'm, Laverne Cox got fucking accosted at Griffith Park. That's, you know, really? one of the most liberal places. Yeah, it was about two months ago or something, and people were screaming faggot at her. It's happened. Sure. It happens everywhere. I went into a store that I went into here for years, and I'm not going to mention the name of it because I live in a uh, 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 disenfranchised. I live in the area the riots were in the 90s, so there's still a lot of people who need this particular business to survive. Okay. But I went in there and been going in there for years. The guy in there was really always oh, been nice to me. How you doing? Good to see you. Blah blah blah. Then I went in a couple months ago, and he said to me, "I saw your TikTok." You're disgusting. Oh. I'm like, okay. He found out I was trans. He was attracted to me. And now he feels invigorated to call me names because he wanted to fuck me. And now I'm disgusting to him because he found it out. That shit still happens. Doesn't that happen a, a, a lot with straight guys who are like seeing a female image that makes them feel horny and then if they realize that you know perhaps this is someone who has transitioned they get mad at themselves because they feel that their attraction to someone who is gender non-conforming makes them gay well yeah it's a hundred percent and the reason it happens that way is because men are brought up to think that anything to do with a penis makes them gay and gay is a bad thing okay mm -hmm. i agree it's not a bad thing these men are taught that they're not real men if they're gay. And that's why this happens. If they were taught that it doesn't matter who you're attracted to, love is love. And all we care about is you finding real love and you being happy. This shit wouldn't happen. But we're not taught that. We're taught that there's only certain kinds that are acceptable. And that's the issue with that. And that's why trans people pay it. And that's why trans panic defense is still a thing in many states where they can beat the fuck out of us, kill us, dismember our face beyond un so we're unrecognizable. And then yeah. it's not a hate crime because we were fooling them. Also, that explains your face. Yes. <laughs> God. Now, let me ask you this. To tell us a little bit about the trans panic defense, because... Um, I, I, that that's when guys have have beaten up or I don't know killed a trans woman who they have had sex with or they're about to have sex with and then they realize that they're um, you know they are not female genitals and they bug out. I mean this even happened to me in my twenties when I was not looking like a real woman then either. But I met a guy at a bar. Uh, we came back to my apartment and mm. we took our clothes off. And when he saw that I didn't have, that I had an overgrown clitoris, <laughs> let's put it that way. When he saw that I did not have a vagina, he turned on the lights, jumped out of the bed and was ready to fight. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I, I'm, you, I'm, I'm, then he was like, okay, well, we can still do it. He wanted me to know that he didn't know yeah, he before that yeah. he could have. Mm -hmm. And before. so, and so. He knew. I, I, he, knew. That, he knew. 
he knew. I, I, I mean, care I, what you say, if he's going to go ahead and still have sex with you, he knew. And the ninety-nine percent of the time, in these trans panic defense cases that they get away with, it's been proven afterwards that they knew because they had the associations with the trans yeah. person beforehand. They might have gone out on a date with them before. They might have been hanging out with them for a while. And there's no way you don't know when you get that close to somebody. I'm sorry. Well, you know, Jiggly Caliente brought up something interesting when a young guy went with a young trans woman and, and she, they showed the video. He ended up shooting her and then going back to shoot her some more. This was yeah, maybe two years ago. Jesus. And, and I mean, she was dead and he went back to shoot her yeah. some more. And so it seemed especially grim. And then they were showing the, vi the surveillance video and he was walking... Uh, six feet behind her and Jiggly wrote on Facebook and trans people know these things and notice these things because they live it. Um, that uh, If you met a hot girl, you're walking with her. You want yeah. everybody to see her. Yeah. But he knew she was trans because she's walking six That's steps behind exactly her. What it is. Like He wanted the right. pussy, but he didn't want the whole neighborhood to know that he was getting that pussy. Yeah. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. They're talking to you, but they're looking in the other direction. You know, that shit yeah. happens all yeah. the time. And they do. They go back and they shoot you again they don't want that they want the last thing they remember of you is for you to be ugly that's why they do yeah. it in the face like that because if they can remember an ugly face it makes them feel better about that they were attracted to you because they can say oh yeah that person was really ugly they can't they won't remember you as beautiful like I don't know how many times guys have found out. I've told them, and they're like, well, I didn't want to go out with you anyway. You're fucking ugly. I'm like, that's not what you said two seconds ago. Two seconds ago, I was yeah, a fucking bitch. goddess. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't work with me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, so it, tell us a few other things that are going on with these trans bills. Because the, the, the main take taking away kids, that just, uh, do you know about that? Yes, the Florida no. law where... You tell us. You tell us. Oh well, yeah, they, yeah. Go ahead. They 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 uh, have it in there that if you're a, uh, if you have a trans child, that child can be taken away from you in the state of Florida. If you're a parent who's trans and you have a child who's not, they can take that child away. But it doesn't stop there. You can be from any state in the union, that configuration. Go to Florida on vacation, and they can take your child away still, even if you are live in Arizona. I mean, if you live in New York. It doesn't matter where you reside. They can take your children away from you in Florida. That's just bizarre. I mean, and, that's, what, and what are these people? What you know? And these people who have these laws, these children are sent to um, religious, usually extremist religious type adoption places, so they can be adopted into the Christo fascist families who believe in. You know, the like the what's her name? Uh, Amy, you know, the Supreme Court. Cl Klobuchar. No, no? The, the, the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, Amy, Amy, yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. Amy, the Handmaid's Tale like cult. Right. Her yeah. ass. Yeah. They're the ones who run, run, run those kind of agencies where these kids are sent to. And that's the whole point. Take them away. Do, yeah. How can Do you? you? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go this ahead. annoys me. I mean, how can you take away a, a child from some parent who doesn't even live in your lives in your state? Number one. Number two, that doesn't live in your state. I mean, but that's yeah. how that law is. It's ends. very Handmaid's Tale. It's very Handmaid's Tale. Um, 
Tuesday, it has really been a pleasure having you on here on the on, on Ebony and Irony podcast. You are honestly next time Bunny is sick, can we just do the podcast and then we'll just fire Bunny and you and I do it together forever. I you're you're just so funny that. and so beautiful. Oh, okay, this you. is this is trans on drag hate, and I don't accept this <laughs> it's here. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, uh, <laughs> if you are in New York City on April 30th, you need to check out Tuesday Thomas I think it's the in Queer Newcopia. And shut up, bitch! I'm plugging your show. Queer Newcopia, an evening of LGBT and allied comedy, goddesses and heathens. Tuesday will be the heathen. It's at the Red Room uh, at 7:30 on April 30th. And what is the Drew Barrymore thing in Scream? Where's yeah, the it's Scream? It's Scream, the unauthorized musical parody. You can go to my Facebook page and see the event get tickets at the it's it's at the zephyr theater uh april 7th and 8th here in la uh yeah and come look up comedy church and and monet anytime you want to have lunch and talk shit about bunny just get a hold of me jay's got my email (laughs) perfect um tuesday are you really eating at your size Uh, no not anymore (laughs) Okay, good. Not oh, any either. Uh, no, no, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to ask you, because you put on Facebook about Ozempic and um, how it, the people without diabetes are getting this new weight loss mm-hmm. miracle drug, and then the people with diabetes cannot actually get it. Yeah. Tell me about that, because I'm I'm on Ozempic, but I have diabetes. <laughs> well, then you should be losing weight like crazy. <laughs> I did lose fifteen pounds. Did oh, you word. Yeah. You? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, That's great. Another 250 to go, and you'll be normal. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. This is cruelty personified. Well, Tuesday, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank I, you both for having me. This was a yeah, wonderful course, a pleasure. and a thank rainy you. afternoon. Well, and, the, the and sun just came ch- out. Literally, as we got done and Bunny shut up, the sun came out. Did you realize that? Yes, I did. I looked out the window right as she shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to say one more thing. Tuesday's Trash, Tuesday Thomas's uh, comedy special is available on Amazon Prime and a documentary. The Trash Goes Out on Tuesday is being finished and will be out this fall. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you, Tuesday. I hope to see you all again. Podcast Network.